Welcome to the Nourishment Mindset Podcast, your guide to good food, good health, and a good life. And now, here's your host, Nutrition Network Advisor and author of the Nourishment Mindset, Dixie Huey. Happy Transformation Tuesday, y'all. I am super excited. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I had wanted to get this done for my birthday. Today is my birthday. I am 45. I am feeling truly alive. I just saw the first round of my Nourishment Mindset book cover designs last week, and I am just so thrilled with the direction this is heading. I'm hoping this week that we're going to finalize those or be down into tweak mode. So I'll even give y'all, my listeners and my viewers, a sneak preview of that before the book comes out. So that's a great birthday present to me, from me. I've only been working on the freaking book since my kid was two, and he is turning nine this week. So it's seven years in the making, but that's how books are. So I'm also really excited that today, last week was guinea pig week on using this video. So now you can either listen or you can watch, totally up to you. Please don't watch if you're driving, please. Um, totally up to you. And today is my first guest. This is my guinea pig guest. So I'm really thankful for that. It's never easy to be the first one. This guinea pig guest is a business owner, a multiple time book author, and frankly, just like a badass. I really probably only want to interview badasses. I can't think of an exception to the rule, but I'll let y'all know if I decide to have a wuss or someone on here, but I don't think that's going to be part of the nourishment mindset. This dude has put up with me since 2003, yes, almost 20 years, and it makes him super qualified to speak about today's topic on the Nourishment Mindset podcast number 12, spouse of a health coach. Welcome, Patrick Huey. Thank you. Thank you. So that's a heck of an intro. Right? I didn't want to give it away by saying owner of Victory Independent Planning Financial Advisor, CFP, y'all. That's a certified financial advisor, practitioner, rather, certified financial practitioner. Also, you've got the tax degrees. You've got all this stuff. So tell me a little something. What is your big announcement. We're just going to get right to it. What is your big announcement? Well, Dixie, my big announcement is that my uh, third book and first novel, uh, first work of fiction, uh, dropped on Amazon uh, on Veterans Day, which as we're recording this was uh, Friday, previous Friday. And uh, it is a story about a veteran um, and for the first week in publication, a dollar uh, from each copy sold is going to go to help veterans uh, through the War Wounded Warrior Project. So uh, it's a chance to, I think, uh, read a pretty good story and uh, support our veterans as well. Wonderful. Now tell us. I just let people know that I've been working on mine for seven years. 
I think you beat me in this, which I just learned last week. How long have you been working on Hell? Uh, Hell, a novel. This this little guy right here. Uh, this is the publisher's copy. Uh, as I say in the author's note at the end, it took me over eight years to finish. So it's been a, a labor of love and hate and uh, just something that I always wanted to do, but it's probably one of the harder things uh, I think I've ever done. Harder than writing your more business focused book, like history lessons for the modern investor. Yeah, it's hard to tell a story and it's hard to tell a story for 250 pages and make it coherent. So this might all be sounding kind of random, like, okay, Dixie's got her husband on here, but there is a bridge, y'all. There's a hook. There's always a hook. There's a hook. So tell me first, though, why you called this book Hell. What kind of a name is that? That's kind yeah, of here. I, I called it Hell because it is a uh, modern day adaptation of Dante's Inferno. Uh, Dante wrote uh, three books, uh, epic poems, really, uh, that all combined form the Divine Comedy, the first of which is Hell. Um, and uh, he travels uh, through nine concentric circles of Hell. So that is why I gave it the name. And so why would like a nourishment mindset, I mean, this almost sounds like something I wouldn't recommend. I, I, I think of, when I think of hell, I think of being glued to CNN. You know, <laughs> what, what, why would a nourishment mindset, we're trying to practice gratitude and, and thinking about the things that invigorate us. Does this gentleman in the novel, the, the character, does he have any kind of nourishment mindset? What, what's his deal? I believe he does. Uh, I believe that uh, there is a, uh, as part of, of Dante's books, uh, what he was trying to do was bring about not only a story, but bring in some current events and topics of the day so he could talk about them in a entertaining way. So that's what I've tried to do here as well, bringing in some topics like politics and like food. Uh, uh, he Ooh, is, now you have my attention. He said food. He is certainly a foodie, our main character. Uh, he travels far and wide to, uh, to eat and drink with pleasure. And I certainly think that that's part of the nourishment mindset. Uh, part of his healing as well uh, from his experiences of being a, a veteran of foreign wars. Uh, I think he finds some solace in food, uh, but he also finds some solace in, in finding help and getting therapy, uh, things that uh, people with really uh, you know, nasty food issues certainly can benefit from as well. Absolutely. I, I like focusing on the, the fun part, which is uh, the, the food and eating and drinking and in foreign places and enjoying the culture, uh, enjoying a meal. There's no real, as an author, I don't think there's a better way to set a place and to define a sense of place than to talk about the food that the people are eating. Right. This is why I worried when I was dealing with COVID and I lost my smell because I thought if I don't regain my sense of smell and taste, Patrick and I are not going to have anything to talk about anymore. Bad news. Bad news. <laughs> it just wouldn't be fun to go out to restaurants. So anywho, well, thank you for that. We're going to circle back to Hill. 
Um, or maybe we're still in hell. That's that's hell, a novel available on Amazon.com. Okay, thank you. Sales and marketing, everybody. I'm going to get my plugs in. So we're going to stay in hell, okay? What is it like living with a health coach? Uh, it's actually, yeah, speaking of hell, <laughs> uh, it's actually kind of the opposite of hell because uh, one of the circles of hell is, is gluttony. So mm -hmm. it's like the exact opposite of, of gluttony. Uh, okay. It's... Right. So like sort of cardboardy, cardboard food, or what do you mean? No, I, I just mean, you know, gluttony is is overeating, it's overindulgence, uh, and the nourishment mindset and living with a health coach, it's not overindulgence, and it's uh, it, it's not overeating. True, true. I always right. think that the Japanese, and I shouldn't bring this up because I forget what it's called, so I'm going to have to look that up again, but they have this principle of eat until you're 80% full. And they want you to mm -hmm. enjoy what you're eating until you're 80% full, but then it's time to back away and leave some room um, in, in the belly. And I, that just makes so much sense to me. Don't eat until you're full. That would be gluttony, you know, and then gluttony maybe is beyond full, but yes, that uh, makes me feel gross. So I Arahashi boo. Thank you. Yeah. Arahashi boo. Eat until you're 80% I love it. Okay. So seriously though, um, when you met me, I was working in the culinary wine industry, food world, going out to dinner, half the night's mm -hmm. week. We've known each other now for coming on 20 years. What has changed in our household and, and about the way that we eat other than me spending what, like probably double on groceries? I'll admit that. It's probably more like triple uh, from the old Presidio days because I do recall a lot of uh, our dinners being like a, a macaroni and cheese with some vegetables added in. Uh, so what has changed? We don't eat macaroni and cheese and we don't eat a whole <laughs> lot of vegetables. So it's all changed. Uh, that's that's normal, I, I guess. Um, yeah, it's it's a very different more mindful exercise food than it was 20 years ago. Um, and you can take that as a negative. You can say, well, we don't have as much variety or we don't do some of the things we used to do. I would prefer to see it as a positive because uh, we, we have the opportunity to, and, and we're lucky. We, we get to eat pretty much whatever we want and we can source food from wherever we want. That's another thing I, I would say that has changed. We actually worry about, not worry, but uh, we think are more mindful about where we source Certainly stuff intended. from. Yeah, Circle C would be an example of farm here in Florida. We're going to start, our farmer's market starts up in um, a few weeks, and we have done a farm share with Ioni Organic Farm in Naples. So yes, that local, the sustainable local preferably organic, which Ioni Farm is, is paramount. And not mm -hmm. because that sounds good or is hippy-dippy. Those are both things. But the real reason is because, of course, well, let me ask you, do you know the reason that we, that I insist on organic whenever possible? Uh, I would assume it's because of the lack of pesticides used in the, the growing process. 
Right. So the wonderful, oh my gosh, Will Harris was just on Joe Rogan. See, I, I, for all you husbands out there, I do pay attention when she says stuff. And I say it probably repeatedly. True. So. Repetition. Repetition does. That's, help. Help. That's marketing. That's what I used to do. But Will Harris, who owns White Oak Pastures, who for our Florida audience, Publix carries White Oak Pastures. He's awesome. He was on Joe Rogan, which Patrick and I both love. Long form. He says the sides. You want to avoid the sides, herbicides, pesticides, all of that, especially glyphosate. So before we get off on too much of a tangent, so our family's nutrition has changed over the years. It sounds like for you, it's being more intentional. It's it's shunning certain things. Mm -hmm. um, has any of this, and, and you're, you're not talking to me now, you're talking to the audience. I want this to be for reals. Has this helped you or just been like a, a a a what is it we say a gut bullet when you eat something is it just a wallet bullet <laughs> uh no I, I don't think it's really been been either of those um and, and this is an evolution of a journey that I, i've been on personally for a while anyway i think it was probably 10 years ago where i went to see uh, a doctor about being on um, blood pressure medication. I didn't want to be on blood pressure medication. And his uh, comment to me was, well, if you can lose 15 pounds, the need for you to do so is going to go away. And his immediate, you know, weight loss idea for me was just stop eating crap. Stop eating fast food, which I was still doing at the time. And stop eating processed foods. <laughs> Sorry. Stop eating, stop eating processed foods as well. So you mentioned avoid the sides. Well, you know, when we go shopping, we avoid the middle, which is uh, the, the middle of the grocery stores, typically where all the garbage is, uh, the processed foods, the stuff with added sugars. If you shop around the edges, you're getting, you know, real whole ingredients, and that's the stuff that's better for you. There it is. I mean, that's probably right. Five ninety percent. So, what's annoying then, Patrick? What's a pain in the ass about living with a spouse health coach? Probably nothing, right? We can skip on to the next question. I was going to say, if this is your attempt to trick me and get me to say something negative that you can record and hold over my head for the rest of my life, not doing it, not following. No, be for real. The nourishment mindset is about straight talk. No, what's what's annoying about and not just the living with a. a a health coach, but you know, what's no annoying about the lifestyle in general preparation. I mean, you, you, you can't, if you think of the way people lived a hundred years ago, they were always preparing food. There was no, you know, there was no television to, to take you away uh, and make you do something else during the day. So they were always canning or pickling or you were doing something revolving around food almost constantly. And the idea that you don't have to do that is a, is a very new one. It's a very modern one and probably ultimately a, a destructive one. Um, but um, that's, that to me is, is one of the only, I'm going to air quote annoying parts is, is the amount of preparation that it takes uh, to, to make sure that you've got the right stuff on hand and don't do something lazy uh, that is counterproductive. Right. More time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's fair. 
Is there anything that you would find that you would think our nourishment mindset audience would find to be like surprising about living with a health coach? I I think the only thing that if people don't know us and they hear, oh, health coach, sweet. Uh, they're, oh, they're like my brother. I've made fun of that before. Ooh. No, I, I just think they would immediately jump to like, God, it must be so boring. But it's not. I mean, we <laughs> we eat very well. Uh, we eat, uh, you know, better than than my parents' generation certainly. Uh, we enjoy food more. We uh, center our family around food and meal times, which uh, did not happen in my house uh, growing up. I was more of a latchkey kid. So yeah, I, I think that. Um, that's probably the surprising part. When you think health coach, you think like, wow, how much boiled chicken can you eat? Um, and the answer is none. Yes, you don't have definitely to. You not. Don't have to. Yeah. Chicken's a perfect example because I, I hate the like boiled naked booby chicken breast. Like that's, that's just sad. You just threw away the skin. That's where a ton of nutrients are. Can you say booby on this pot? I did. Okay. All kind of stuff. This is not for children. Yeah, this is like this mom. is like this is just like Joe Rogan. <laughs> so, except we're not smoking weed. <laughs> no, that doesn't really agree with me. But anywho, um, it, people should do what they want to do. No judgment. To me, I appreciate to get back to seriousness what you said about enjoyment because. For me, when I was trying to figure out, you know, what is my message to the world? I know what my goal is. My goal is I want to help people find or rediscover vitality. Because to me, vitality is why I can jump out of bed, basically running and like, I, whoop, I got another day. Like, and I realized that can be annoying for the people around me. But I wasn't always like that. You didn't know me when I was not like that. But I, as I have said, I used to be a sick chick. And so when I found that vitality, I want to do everything I can to hold on to it. And so it's, it's the lens is different. It's, it's nutrient density. It's meal timing. When you eat, you really eat, but you're not doing this food all day long. And mm -hmm. it's also enjoyment you know that's the piece from europe and from my background in the wine industry europeans wine people no matter where they are in the world they love food they sit down they pause they source they prepare they enjoy and mm -hmm. i feel like that's what's so missing from all the health culture is it's like it's so dry you know it should be fun meal time should be pleasurable and I hope that comes across in the book, Hell, a novel based, uh, which is uh, available on amazon.com, if I haven't mentioned it already. Uh, and, you know, in that book, he does proceed to a few, quite a few European uh, destinations. And you, I really did try to tell a story about the joy of the table. And it's in the midst of some difficult circumstances, but food, good food, um, is, you know, it's, it's a social lubricant. It brings people together. It, uh, can provide pleasure and it can provide happiness and good food does that better than, better than anything. You know, people don't, people don't gather around the table and 
you know, connect with one another over chocolate bars or God forbid, Rice Krispies or, or you know, stuff like that. Uh, people want to, I think at a very base level, connect over a real meal of real food and, it, and what you do and how you cook it and how you prepare it, all that does make a difference. Thank you. I agree. I think that's one of the ways we fell in love. I could never be with someone who doesn't love food. I don't think. Well, and, and, and I like to cook too. So it's been, um, yes. that's another journey for me is I enjoy my time in the kitchen. Um, it's one of the places where I feel the most in control uh, in, during my day uh, because you know, there, there are only so many external factors uh, as you go through and, and create a meal. And, and usually you can overcome uh, most of them. So that's a very different, uh, different feeling and a different uh, journey for me uh, when, when I'm cooking because I do have that control. Awesome. Talk to me about cooking or talk to our audience rather. Obviously I know about Patrick and his cooking. One of our first dates, I, I was blown away. You had me over, you made salmon, even though it's not your favorite, you had multiple courses. I'm like, this guy just cooked a meal for me. Like, What you're doing is working, buddy. You're speaking to my heart. So tell us about, you know, I mean, we're both working parents of a young one. We have a lot of interests um, that pull us, you know, in multiple directions. How do you, because it is often you, at least half the time, maybe more, how do you go about that when you're in charge of our kitchen for the evening? You know, having just said that that I like the the idea of being being in control in the kitchen, I, I'm going to somewhat disagree with myself and say that on Thanks. the other hand, uh, I, I enjoy the creativity of it as well. Uh, you know, so as you've always said, I'm, I'm the best chef in the house when there's no plan. When there's nothing to eat. Also, yeah. I so no, I don't see anything to cook here. Mm. I, I can cruise into the refrigerator and usually figure something out. Uh, and that's the, the creativity piece of it. Um, ideally, you're we would be a little more intentional about it but you know time sneaks up on us just like it does everybody else and and, and sometimes sometimes you just got to go in there and figure it out and and get her done um but that's that's a learned activity that is not something i i grew up with per se um you know food was not food wasn't as uh important in my family growing up as we've made it in our house. Right. So for you, if you're speaking to our audience, I'm sure we have people that are, some of us, you know, love to get in there with a French cookbook, others boiling an egg is something. How, what's your advice for someone who wants to embrace the nourishment mindset of sourcing, preparing and savoring, but also this low carb, nutrient dense, real whole mm -hmm. food mindset. H how do you get started? Do you have some go-to meals? Just what's your perspective? 
I, I think that you have to make it as enjoyable as possible for yourself. So I would start simple, you know, create some, create some wins early on, um, you know, make a steak, <laughs> you know, put, put salt and pepper on a steak and, and uh, cook it in butter in a pan. It's not hard. Uh, you're going to want to, you know, maybe do some reading up on, on what the temperature needs to be and how to measure that and, and those sorts of things. But we're not talking about rocket science. We're, we're talking about some of the most basic things that human beings ever learned to do, which is cook something on a fire and eat it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, start simple. After I that. I would say, to interrupt you rudely, yeah. like you're used to that because you're married to me. I'm totally used to that. Chefs, including the beloved Bourdain that we've spent many hours watching and rewatching since he passed, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's your ingredients. If you start with crap, it's going to be hard. You know, there's got to be a lot of sauce. There's a lot of stuff. But you just said throw steak in a pan with some butter and salt and pepper. So mm -hmm. I'm hearing start with the ingredients. But yeah. what and keep it simple. And by the way, Anthony Bourdain features uh, somewhat... Uh, uh, in the in the narrative of hell a novel which is available on amazon.com <laughs> so tell us about some go-to meals i mean i think of mine like if i'm just totally mom lazy i have a very easy nourishing meal i'll share that with y'all and then i want to hear what the the real chef in the house does I'm kind of one of these where I'll either follow this super drawn out recipe and just fall in love with it, or just, I need something quick. And my go-to during the week, especially on our kiddos baseball nights is scrambled eggs in a pan with butter, and bacon in the oven, mm -hmm. but, you know, because we're not doing that for breakfast at seven o'clock in the morning, but man, that's a good dinner. So what about, tell us maybe one or two of your favorite or our family's favorite go-tos that you make? Um, other than the aforementioned steak with butter, uh, I would say some of the, it's, it's an interesting question. I'm gonna answer it by answering a different question, which is things that I'm looking at now um, that that I'm interested in more to create a little bit of variety. Uh, so we tried not too long ago. Uh, I made our first uh, cauliflower, cauliflower pizza crust, and uh, that came out very well. So enjoyed that. For those of you who are you know, trying to cut down on carbs, uh, you could barely taste any difference in my mind it tasted like a thin crust pizza so that's kind of what I'm, I'm working on now is just creating some interesting uh fun diversification of of our menus um so as far as go-to's i don't I kind of don't want to have a go-to. I, I want to. I want to be. I want to be free to experiment. Uh, More I, creative. I'm like, exactly. I'm just slapping some burger patties together. I'm going to hide the organ meat in there. I think. Yeah, I'm that's. I mean, that's that's like a normal so Tuesday top, night. Lettuce bun, salad, kimchi. Sure. Yeah. But yes, you're more focused on how can we include variety, and you have said to me, you know, the way you approach food. Yeah. 
I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you, you did ask me earlier what's annoying, and then you just brought up kimchi. Right. Uh, so that's probably the most annoying thing of living with a health coach is, is the kimchi. All right. And Roberts, if you're out there, Dr. Roberts, he didn't really need that. I love kimchi. Okay. So yes, we've talked about how this living with a health coach, it, it is more intentional. You're going to shop differently. You will prepare differently, but it doesn't mean it's complicated. I want y'all to remember it's simple, simple, good ingredients the main thing I think both of us would agree is the part where you sit down and enjoy the meal. Mm -hmm. Family. I don't like mm -hmm. doing while eating DWE. I like being with people while eating or with self mindfully. Well, and I think for better, for worse, that's something both you and I have picked up um, spending as much time as we do overseas that, that, most cultures in Europe, at least up until 10 or 15 years ago, like eating in your car was not done. It's a very uniquely, no, really. I mean, the it's a very uniquely American experience to wolf down, you know, a, a dollar menu uh, lunch while driving 35 miles an hour. Uh, and I'm not saying that there aren't times where, you know, you're, you, pressed for time and you may need to eat while you're in the car i guess uh certainly not fast food that's that's the piece where you'd want to have something prepared ahead of time but uh yeah, yeah it, that the amount of just being intentional and, and thinking through you know one of the things that that we've always made fun of or made light of in a in a good way about the french is they're talking about their next meal while they're eating, right? They're, they're talking about what they're going to have for dinner while they're eating lunch. Yes. Um, Maybe they're even thinking, about it. They're, yeah, they're thinking ahead. They might even be smoking a cigarette, but we'll, we'll, we'll let, leave that for another time. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that if you're, if you're looking for things that have changed over time, you know, that's certainly one of them, being much more mindful, much more thoughtful, uh, much more prepared, but not in a stagnating way or not in any way that keeps you from enjoying what, what you're doing. To me, it's about like bringing nourishment forward. It is a priority. It's not mm -hmm. necessarily the top priority, but it needs to be a priority. I mean, this is what, along with water, sleep and air sustains human life is yeah. nutrient density of food. You're, since we're coming up on this time of year, I, I will say that your dining room table deserves to be used more than just once at, at Thanksgiving every year. Right. I'm a big fan of the table. It takes two seconds to light a candle. So let's switch gears almost completely. Let's zoom out. You run Victory Independent Planning. Nice marketing with a shirt. I like it. I should have worn mine too. How does health integrate into your financial planning practice? Is there a bridge between health and financial planning? There, there is. Um, it's somewhat 
tangential uh, because what I tend to work with, uh, work on with clients is creating, you know, a, a plan for lifetime income. And to do that, you really do have to do a little bit of health assessment so you can create, you know, a, an idea of life expectancy. Um, on top of that, there is healthcare spending, mm. right? Oh, so that is part of, of the budgeting process for clients uh, in retirement is, is estimating how much they're going to pay out of pocket uh, for healthcare. And we talked earlier about how the grocery bill goes up when you are more mindful about food. The idea of that is that hopefully uh, the healthcare spending later on goes down uh, because you're not, uh, you know, filling yourself with a bunch of, of crap uh, throughout your life that is going to make you sick and require prescriptions and doctor visits and co-pays and all that stuff. So. Do I deal with people's health? No, certainly not like you do, but it, it needs to be a uh, a topic that, that they address uh, with themselves, really, uh, so that, that we're creating a lifelong plan and, and, and getting them the amount of money they're gonna need for, for healthcare because of their life choices. Right. So the way I view it, folks, is paying it forward. So you're going to pay yourself. You're not going to pay it. You're going to pay yourself forward by investing in wonderful nutrient-dense inputs. And then the return on the investment is less spending. Not only less spending. That's not the most important thing. Certainly less spending on disease in later life. But... We always talk about your your industry talks about lifespan and you have the actuary tables and everything. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about health span. I do not want to have a 95 year lifespan where 20 years of that is me bedridden or diseased or in pain. I want my health span. So there is a difference. To me, it's not just how long does someone live? How long does someone live? Mm -hmm. And, and Surviving is not living. Those are those are two different things. It's it's funny we're going to bring Joe Rogan up again for what the fourth time in, in this podcast, but he is he is the podfather. Um, and uh, I, I like something that he says, which is that most Americans walk around every day not knowing what it's like to feel good. Um, you know, I, I would say to you, Dixie, uh, you know, to quote Pitbull, I don't know about you but I feel good. I do. Yeah. Thank you. If I were good enough with the audio, we'd be like bumping that right now, but I'm not, I'm learning y'all. I'm new at this podcasting thing. So tell me what I'm going to ask each of my interviewees as we come to a close here. One piece of either financial health advice mm -hmm. or general health advice that you would recommend that our audience consider, implement, go? Wow. I, I, I think the first thing that comes to mind is eat like your life depends on it. Uh, remember that the human 
body is 10,000 years of evolution. Uh, and the modern grocery store is 25 years old. So there is a lot of stuff there that has not really been proven uh, to advance you know, human health uh, in any way, shape, or form as a food item. So yeah, that would be that would be my two cents. I, thank you. I love that. It's why I'm going to be continually asking this question because you just you never know what you're going to hear. And you use the word stuff, which I think is very polite because everyone knows that I love to pick on especially big food. I pick on a, so much stuff in my book. I'm going to be so canceled. I can't wait to get canceled. <laughs> it's like my whole goal is to be canceled because it means I'm awesome. So stuff. It is stuff. Most of our food is stuff. Products, faux. I always talk about single ingredient foods. Those are AKA real food. So y'all don't eat stuff. I love what he said, that guy. Eat like your life depends on it because it does, right? For real. I mean, that's great. I wish I could come up with that. But thank you. That That's why we want guests here to take and expand the horizon of nourishment mindset. So Patrick, you've already said it. I think you've said four times, but I still want to know, how can we support your book and why is it important that we do it today? You can support it by going to amazon.com. You could search hell a novel. You can also search uh, my author page, Patrick Huey. You can join us on Instagram at hell underscore a underscore novel. Hell a novel. And it's a, hell a novel. And uh, it's important that uh, you do it this week uh, because I'm trying to make a bestsellers list. No, uh, because uh, this week and this week only we'll be donating uh, $1 from every copy of the book sold in any format to the Wounded Warrior Project. Oh, that's so cool. So here's what I have to say about Hell. I've read it lots of times. I've done a lot of editing, but the last time I edited, I went, you know, you need to move this period or this space. This shit is good. And I haven't heard you call it this, but in my marketing mind, this is a travel thriller. And you're eating around the world. And yeah, this, this guy does some crazy stuff. He's got to work on himself like we all do. John Allman is no exception, but it's a great book in all seriousness. And I'm really proud of you. And I appreciate you being our Nourishment Mindset guest guinea pig. Well, thank you. And thank you for your support these uh, eight years it took to, to grind this thing out. <laughs> feels like just yesterday you read me the first chapter okay nourishment mindset folks thank you for being part of our audience please find me on instagram nourishment mindset mindset rather linkedin dixie huey favorfat.com is my private practice you can send me an email from there Y'all know that I take show topic requests. I take questions. Doesn't even have to be a whole topic. Just send me a question. I have a new YouTube channel, Nourishment Mindset. Everything is Nourishment Mindset, okay? 
And then finally, Substack, which is where I host everything. That's just favor fat. That's my private practice again, .substack.com. So thanks so much for another episode next week. Little tease. Next week, I'm interviewing a dietitian who I can't believe actually made it through her grad school because to get through dietetics grad school, you got to ingest some bullshit. But she did it and she is out on the other side and she has an awesome story to tell. And y'all got to come back next week. Thank you, Patrick Huey. Thank you. Good food, good health, good life, y'all. See ya.